Now, if you've got a motorcycle or you know someone with a motorcycle, get on the back of it because this weekend is the Collie Motorcycle Festival. And on the line, I've got the festival coordinator, Tony Collins. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Mate, this is going to be uh, terrific if you're into uh, all sorts of things. Motorcycles, there's a uh, test and tune day. And the big thing is the Ulysses Club have got an odyssey down there, haven't they? So a lot of Ulysses Club members are going to be coming from all over the state and heading to Collie for this weekend. Uh, We hope so, yes. We've got a lot of interest from our members, so it should be a good weekend. Just run through a few things that are happening across the weekend, Tony. Well, the Ulysses members will start arriving on Friday. Um, Saturday night, the Federal Crown Hotels are sort of providing entertainment, and we're going to run some raffles there to raise some funding for uh, flying doctor service. When I first talked to the council about this, they sort of encouraged me by twisting my arm slightly to run the Collie Motorcycle Festival as well. Rightio. And uh, you're doing it, so thank you very much for that. That's quite okay. So the, the whole focus of the Collie Motorcycle Festival is to raise funds for flying doctor service. So people have been very supportive. They've donated goods for raffle prizes. So, you know, encourage people to come to the, hotel, the two hotels. And then on Sunday morning, we have a procession starting at the visitor centre. And that'll go for about 32 kilometres around the Collie district and end up with a street closure in Forest Street. For motorcyclists, it's a good weekend to come down to Collie. And it's a long weekend as well, which is just terrific. So certainly make the effort. And on Sunday, there's a markets. It's going to be held at Collie Central Park between 8am and 3pm. There are plenty of displays like uh, Suzuki, KTM and Victory. There's motorcycle gear for sale, men's shed and railway displays. There's remote control, car racing, live music, food and drink, children's entertainment. There's lots on. So it's going to be a great festival, there's no doubt about that. And also, I see there's going to be free motorcycle training too. Yes, we've got uh, two people that are well respected in the industry. Dave Wright is the former state president of the Motorcycle Riders Association of WA. Yes, I know Dave. Consults with uh, government departments. He's on the National Motorcycle Council, so he's providing some rider safety tips. The other lady that's volunteered her services is Janine Nichols, who does a course she calls Rider Down and gives tips on what to do in those vital few minutes after an accident occurs. Applicable to motorcyclists, to anybody. I mean, BMX riders, pony clubs, any anybody like that. You know, if somebody goes down and needs some first aid straight up, she provides some very, very good uh, tips on life-saving. So. Excellent. So if you've got a motorcycle, get along there this weekend and uh, help support the Royal Flying Doctor Service at the Collie Motorcycle Festival. Tony Collins, thanks for the chat, mate. We'll see you on the weekend. Can I put one more thing in? We've had uh, a very large amount of motorcycle gear, new and used, donated by businesses and motorcyclists, and that will all be on sale in the Rotunda at Central Park. Uh, There'll be some fantastic bargains there. There's enough to fill a couple of vehicles, actually, and it all has to go, and every dollar will go to the Flying Doctor Service. Excellent. Thanks very much, Tony. Thank you. Here's a guy that I think is going to end up addicted to Vicks, Vapor Rub. Hello there, uh, Gary Brennan, Mayor of Bunbury. How are good you? morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, I must say, Gary normally comes in here every morning, but he's uh, got the flu, so he's been banned from the radio station. So we've got him at arm's length on the phone. <laughs> Mate, the Youth Advisory Committee, what's going on with that? Yeah, look, uh, one of the uh, operational areas of the city that people don't often hear about, Ian, is little committees like that. And the Youth Advisory Committee has been around for several years. They're an energetic group of young people aged from about 14 or 15 years through to about 25. And they're assisted by council officers. And their, their role, which is re- they really enjoy, is giving council advice on matters affecting youth. So they proactive. They initiate projects and they also review projects that the city's got under on the uh, radar and give us feedback from a youth perspective. So they do a brilliant job. 
And I understand that nominations are now open for young people wanting to join that committee. And all they need to do is get in touch with the city and, and lodge a nomination form. Rightio. Adam Johnson's doing some good work too, isn't he? Yeah, Adam's a fantastic young man. He's, he's on a PhD. He's a PhD student and it's an arrangement between the city of Bunbury and Edith Cowan, which was put in place about two and a half, three years ago. And uh, Adam's been engaged by the city to uh, carry out work to make us the most accessible regional city in Australia by 2020. Now, Adam's research is what they call an action research, where he's got a team of about 10 people with varying degrees of uh, challenges. Uh, they don't see them as challenges in, but they, that's what we probably described them as. And they help Adam look at things, physical things, and uh, also um, other issues within our city, which impacts on people's accessibility to things, such as um, playgrounds, getting into buildings, uh, getting into public toilets, uh, even those who are sight impaired, how can we improve things to make it easy for people to get around our city if they do have some of those disabilities? So he's a brilliant young man, supported by a great group of people, and I'm really looking forward to Adam's final work. Beautiful. Hey, listen, one thing before you go, the Robertson Roundabout uh, work that's been going on there the last few days, great idea to get rid of all that bush and stuff, because every time I've been going through there, like, you know, in the last year and a half, I sort of think, there's too much bush around here, it's getting out of control, you can't see what cars are coming, you're not sure where they're going, so that's a good yep. idea. Well, look, that, that area of the that area of the highway is owned by the state government through the main roads, and the city's been negotiating with main roads for some time now for us to take control of it. Well, not control, but all, but be given responsibility for the roundabout, which they've agreed to. So all the vegetation's coming out, and there's going to be some artwork put in the centre there, which is called the pilot, which is a an aircraft wing. It looks like an aircraft oh, okay. wing, so it won't obstruct view, but it will enhance that whole uh, entrance to Bunbury from the southern point. But I agree with you on the traffic. There's ample signage coming from Bustleton, from Capel area, letting people know they've got to get into that right-hand lane oh, yeah. if they the, want to turn right to yes, go to Perth. Yes, the number of people that stay in the left-hand lane and pretend to, and then try to turn right across people that are going straight ahead is just ridiculous. I've been nearly knocked off my motorcycle there a few times by idiots doing that who don't read the road signs. Madness. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, much better without all the uh, without all the foliage and stuff and the bushes and whatever there. So that's good. All right, well, uh, see, uh, hopefully you're going to get better soon and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. I intend to, mate. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Trends, brands, advertising. Marketing man Barry Urquhart on Triple M. Yes, Director of Marketing Focus. Morning, mate. Good morning, Ian. Now, let me talk about this non-gender fashion retailing. Tell us what's happening there. Well, I think retailing in business generally is very bad. Earlier this week, we had uh, World, uh, sorry, Toys R Us just uh, file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in the United States. Of really? States. I didn't hear about that. Oh, yes. <laughs> And it's a, it's a huge story. So, you know, if a big organization, department store, is actually filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, you know, protection, you can be pretty well assured that business is very, very tough. And so when someone like John Lewis, who is arguably the most successful, innovative and creative department store retailers in the world, all of a sudden declare that they're going to have non-gender fashion retailing. So they're saying, why do we have to have silos that on the ground floor of department stores, there's cosmetics, fashion accessories and women's wear, on the third floor, children's wear, on the fourth floor, men's wear, 52 to 58% of menswear is sold to women buying it for their 
husbands, their significant others, their sons, their uh, brothers and all of that sort of thing. And it's not a consumer-led and driven sort of initiative, but it is something that all businesses need to sit back and say, hold on, what does this really mean for my business? Gee, do you think uh, DJs and Meyer will uh, <laughs> end up following suit? What well, do you reckon? you would only hope so when you have a look at the share performance of both Meyer in particular, and sadly, reflect on that, last week Meyer declared that what they were going to do in a number of their department stores on the third floor they're going to introduce a bargain discount section so the whole floor will be up to 50 percent off which to a large extent will reinforce the image that they're not much better or different to the discount department stores none of which are trading all that successfully of target kmart and big w so i think that there is the sort of message is you can change if you change your market segmentation. Ian, just very quickly, let me give you the example. We consulted recently to a group who were in surfwear. Surfwear is struggling. You've got Billabong and Rip Curl all into financial straits, one of of which is in financial administration. We said, well, the problem is it's uh, transgenerational problems that you've got there, is that the post-war baby boomers who in the 50s, 60s and 70s followed the lead of Midge Farrelly as a surfer, they in their 50s, 60s and 70s years of age now are still wearing surf gear and the younger people are saying, I wouldn't be seen dead in Billabong and Rip Curl (laughs) because my father wears. <laughs> we simply said change it from surfwear to streetwear. It broadens the market acceptance, and all of a sudden people say, Well, I look like a surfy, it's just that I'm walking down Spencer Street in Bunbury looking like a streetwear savvy sort of fashionista. Rightio. Okay, well, that's some to, certainly something to think about. All right, Barry, we'll have a bit of a. Well, I'm, we're away next week, so I'll be talking to you the week after. I'll look forward to it. 